There are countless reasons why I love being the pastor of Sacred Heart here in Salisbury. But one of the great privileges that I get from time to time, it usually just kind of comes out of the blue, is that I get called in to be the priest for the burial rites, kind of like the conclusion of the funeral rites at the National Cemetery here in town. And the way it often works out is that someone calls Sharon in the office and asks, you know, if we can get a priest or a deacon for an upcoming burial because, you know, there aren't a lot of national cemeteries, you know, all over the state. And so people are coming in from afar after a funeral and the priest isn't necessarily able to make it, so I get called in. Now, most of the time, I've never met the family before. I don't know the deceased. But I get to step in there on behalf of the church and participate in those beautiful burial rites. And the way it works out is that first we have those very solemn and dignified military honors where you have you know, the firing of the guns, the 21-gun salute, the presentation of the flag, and then that very emotional and powerful playing of taps. And then the flag is folded and presented to the loved ones who remain. And then after that, I get to step in as a priest of Jesus Christ and to bring all of that together with people that I don't necessarily know, but we're all united in the fact that what's being honored there is the bravery, the courage, the perseverance, the self-sacrifice at the heart of the best of what happens with our men and women who serve in the military. And that is honored at that burial. And then what's so good about what I get to do is to point towards the resurrection to the fact that Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, became one of us, died for us, as we hear at the beginning of this gospel today. Thus it is written that the Christ would suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. That that bravery, that courage, that self-sacrifice, it's not just in this world. That it speaks into eternity. That that goodness and the hope of eternal life is there. And that's what we're pointing to and why a funeral rite isn't just a time of sadness, although it is that, but also the hope in Jesus Christ. And so we honor the fact that all of those good virtues, that our Lord is the perfect exemplification thereof, that he shows us the perfect way of love and self-sacrifice, and we honor that as we honor those who have gone before us and given their all, and that we have the hope of that lasting into eternal life. And I think it's so beautiful in God's good providence that this particular weekend, you have the coming together, both of Memorial Day and the ascension of our Lord, that we celebrate today the fact that the king, as we heard so beautifully sung by Johnny in the responsorial song, God mounts his throne to shouts of joy, a blare of trumpets for the Lord. Now, this is one of those feasts that I misunderstood for a long time because it's easy to think, okay, this is the day that Jesus leaves us and we'll wait for him to come back later on. But that's not getting to this at all. I mean, he says specifically about you are witnesses of these things, that the Christ would suffer, rise from the dead on the third day, and the repentance for the forgiveness of sins would be preached in his name. 
So he has gone to heaven. The king has mounted his throne. It's like the general doesn't go away from us, but it's like he takes his place over the army of us soldiers in the church militants and is closer to us now than he was at the time. And we hear about, go to Jerusalem and you will be clothed with power from on high. And then they get sent out to Jerusalem, to Judea, to Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. The fact of the matter is, our king, who has taken his place on the throne, is close with us. He knows what we, the soldiers on the ground, need to continue to proclaim the gospel, to be his witnesses to the ends of the earth. He has conquered the powers of sin and darkness. We hear it in the second reading in Paul's letter to the Ephesians. At this point, he has taken his place at the right hand in the heavens, far above every principality, authority, power, and dominion. What does that mean? Over all the angels and demons, there is no force that is greater than the love of Christ, than Jesus Christ himself who is seated on the throne and gives you and me everything that we need to go out there in the world and to battle strongly. Like I said, in the midst of getting to do those burial rites, it's such a beautiful thing to get to be a part of that. And one of my favorite parts, and it's very emotional and moving, is when they play taps. Now taps, if you don't know, it's that beautiful bugle or trumpet call. And it all kind of came to be in the 1860s, and it was the end of the day call. Originally a French piece that Union Army Brigadier General uh, Daniel Butterfield rearranged and put it in for the Union Army in the 1860s. The Confederacy picked it up soon too, and by 1874 it was the last call of the day. It was the trumpet call that said, okay boys, the day's over, lights are out. You've done the work you're called to do, now it's time to rest. And now, that beautiful trumpet call is what sort of concludes the burial rite, that thanks the man or the woman for their service and laying down their all and giving what they had to our country to protect us. This way of saying thank you for the job well done and that it has come now to a conclusion. And I think that beautiful trumpet call is a good one for us to remember as well. Because in the same way that we honor those virtues in the military, courage, bravery, honor, perseverance, self-sacrifice, my brothers and sisters in Christ, we're called to live those out as well. And the beautiful news for us is our king, our general, who mounts his throne to shouts of joy. And did you notice this too? This didn't occur to me until I was just listening to it a few moments ago. A blare of trumpets for the Lord. Think about the trumpet that plays taps, right? It shows the fact that this person has given what they have in the time that they were in the midst of a fallen world, right? When you think about the bravery portrayed by men and women in the armed forces, it's during times of like the worst of humanity, during wars, during conflicts, and yet they show us that all of those important virtues are still possible, that men and women can live up and be good in the midst of a fallen and a bad world. It's been a tough week, right? We know that evil doesn't just stay on the battlefield. 
We live in particularly dark times in which it seems to spill out and come to the places where we're vulnerable and innocent, that evil wants to come after us. But what this day reminds us of is that the king is with us, that he gives us what we need to live out the virtues he wants us to have in the midst of a fallen world, to show the devil and his dominions, the powers and principalities, that they will not be victorious. And in the same way that soldiers can go into the battlefield and show incredible self-sacrifice, our Lord told us, no greater love does someone have and to lay down his life for his friends. My brothers and sisters in Christ, we may not be out at war, but we are in a spiritual battle. We may not be out on the battlefield in some distant place in France or some other theater, but we do go about our day-to-day lives called to holiness, called to follow our king and to go out and proclaim what we have been witnesses of, that sins can be forgiven by repentance, that the light of Christ overcomes the darkness, and he gives that to us, that ability to live out that great commandment, to lay down our lives for our friends. And so this weekend, we honor those who have showed us that it is possible to live out those virtues of courage, bravery, perseverance, self-sacrifice in the midst of a fallen world. And we thank them for their service to our country. And we also, in the midst of dark times, look to him, to our king, who doesn't go away, but remains close to us. He is the general who knows what we, the soldiers, need for the battle ahead of us. Knows so much that he gives us himself in the Blessed Sacrament, gives us his self-sacrificing love so that we too can lay down our lives for our friends. Yes, we know that it is dark out there, but as St. John Paul II reminded us, do not be afraid. Why? Because our King is in our midst. Our King loves us. He knows what we need. He's offering it to us all the time. And as long as we receive that love and that grace that is constantly on offer, there's nothing that we need fear. Praise be Jesus Christ, now and forever.